This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer in Durham. Pre-power hour is upon you here on a Friday. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. We continue to stream live on the ESPN app. Uh, I'm assuming they cleaned up everything in Vegas. They're about ready to start the second round. Uh, we'll get in all that stuff. You want to talk about what happened last night? We'll uh, discuss that in hour number one. Uh, Kenny Pickett stays home. Icky stays home. We got a place for him right up the street. Right. Icky, hey, cut you a deal. Be awesome. You'll love that. We're looking forward to having pancakes with Icky here in the studio. Life is good on that front. Uh, we talked about Jermaine Johnson, the second dropping the Jets. My, by the way, my man Phil Savage, who's a buddy, who's with the Jets organization. Yeah. I told you yesterday. He had given me a couple names, two names. He said, man, if we land these two guys, we're going to have a huge night. I told you I'm not going to tell you who the names are. But uh, you mentioned how excited they should be. Uh, they are extremely. That, that was a big night. A big night for the folks in New York, quite frankly. To be honest yep. with you, with the Jets and yep. the Giants. I thought they both loaded up on dudes that can absolutely help them overnight. But the draft always has people buzzing, Wes. But congratulations to the four ACC guys that were selected last night in the first round. I mean, they're terrific guys, great players. And wish all of them the very best. Hey, Pack, uh, by the way, uh, Vicky stepped in here this morning and wanted you to know that this is not – I didn't just get home from the draft when we started the show this morning because I still had my – this is not my Falcon shirt I wore last oh, night. Sure. This is a different shirt. I just wanted you to clarify that, you know, I've actually come home and slept barely, but I am not uh, wearing hey, – I just yeah, listen, didn't get home. You don't have to apologize to me. All right, first of all, you, you, you never apologize to me for what you're wearing. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm not – you know me. I, I drive a 2010 Ford F-150. I'll wear the same pair of jeans for three weeks if my wife would allow it, and I'll put on a baseball hat, and I'm good. That's formal. That's formal for me. T-shirt, baseball hat, I'm good. So you don't okay. have to apologize okay. about how I shaved and showered. I'm good. I mean, you, listen, you normally sit here in the basement with me, and uh, Fuller's leaning up with you. Dropping bombs on you after sulfur biscuits in the morning, but Robert's not here. Uh, Captain Ron's not here. But I will tell you, in your honor, uh, Fuller just hit me with one during the break. So uh, if you see my eyes watering, <laughs> it's not that I'm emotional. It's just that Fuller's decided to take aim on me today, as opposed to you, as he normally does during the course of the show. Yeah, bless him, bless, bless Brother Fuller. Uh, by, the right. way, by the bless. way, by the way, by the way. Speaking of blessing, Brother Fuller. Uh, a shout out to my boy. He's back here. I know you can't see him because he's back here. He's hiding from the camera this morning. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Brother Fuller. Uh, he turns eight on Sunday. So let me just give you the first to wish uh, Fuller a happy birthday. So big boy turns eight. Eight. The big eight on Sunday, May 1st. There it is. Now I'm done. So you going to... Will he celebrate by going to the neighbor's yard and hanging out a little while and then coming back? No, 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 no. We don't do that. We've no, got uh, we, we have preventative measures now that make sure that he takes care of his business on our property and all the neighbors are now happy with me. Uh, and so we, we've covered that. So that Fuller's good to go. Now, I was going to give him a giant birthday cake or some lasagna or something on Sunday, but I'm not going to do that because you're not going to be with me here in the studio. I figured I'd have him primed for you to come back on Monday Thanks. to be in the basement. So yeah. that's a, it's a gift from me to you, Wes, yeah. that uh, you'll be saved from Brother Fuller's celebration Thank on you. Sunday. That's Thank me you, you very much. I appreciate that. You got yeah. it. 
uh, let's we are moving out of the month of April into May over Thank the goodness. weekend. So, yeah, let's get uh, let's get the notepad out, shall we? And chronicle the best of the month of April. All right. Um, Mark and I have some of the same, but not as many as we've had in the past. We did uh, identify a couple, um, and I'll start on best offensive uh, player. And I went baseball. And I went with Chandler Simpson of Georgia Tech, who has overtaken Jack Hurley in the ACC batting race. Chandler's hitting 433. <laughs> I was like, out of the world, Chandler Simpson's been on a tear. And uh, and he was close to Jack Hurley, but I didn't. I wasn't sure that Jack was going to let him over the top. And then Chandler took the lead uh, this week to 433, Pack. Yeah, well, I think it's rude. I went with Jack Hurley because I, th- I think he's been more consistent. And, but listen, both these dudes are raking, man. They're both yeah, they raking. Are. Right, and I'm kind of excited. I know we got Mike Rooney coming up here at 930, but I'm kind of excited about Virginia, Virginia Tech baseball this weekend because it will be yep. the first time ever since dirt that the Hokies and the Hoos are both ranked in the top 15 and are getting ready to jump on each other. So – uh, yep. I know we only have four series this weekend in baseball in terms of conference action because we do have some non-conference games like TCU-FSU, which will be good. But Virginia, Virginia Tech has my interest. So I went with a little Jack Hurley. We had him on the show uh, this month as well. Uh, but you really couldn't go wrong with either one of those guys. You really couldn't. Yeah. So that's the deal. So both of them are hot. Uh, we both agree on best defensive player. Uh, and it's Taylor Marino – the goalkeeper for Carolina's women's lacrosse team, who is one of the best in the country. Well, how good do you have to be to be a goalkeeper in women's lacrosse in this conference? And we just had the, in case you missed it, with Julie Myers and talked about all the offensive weaponry that teams have in this league. I mean, good grief. I'd hate to be a goalie in this conference, seriously. But Taylor's done a great job. They never lose. They are the number one team in the country. They're the number one seed going into the tournament, beginning uh, really technically uh, started on Wednesday. But today you've got four matches. But when you have a league that's got the number one, the number two, the number three ranking teams nationally, and you're getting ready to have a tournament, you know it's going to be good. And we've got all of that coverage for you right here on ACC Network beginning at noon today. Yep. So, uh Taylor Marino is uh, unanimous as the best defensive player for the month of April. Biggest surprise. All right. Mike, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, this um, this one could have fallen probably under a couple different categories, but I put it under surprise just because I thought it was refreshing to hear what I think is one of the smartest people in college athletics really give you a handle on the big picture. I, for me, this biggest surprise of April was Notre Dame's Jack Swarbrick. In an interview with Sports Illustrated and Pat Forty, and I just talked to Pat the other day about this, uh, talking about where we're going. And he's basically saying you're looking at a complete, total restructure of Division I college athletics by the mid-2030s. Hey, it could be on a faster track than that. It was the first time I've heard a guy that I have a ton of respect for that I consider to be one of the truly smart people, the visionaries, the leaders of college sports, openly tell you, Here's where I think we're going. Uh, you get a lot of times you get guys going, well, you know, we're working on this. Uh, I don't really have anything to say. Jack laid it out there. And to me, it was surprising. Not what he said, because I agreed with everything he was said. Everything. But I thought it was refreshing that I finally heard from somebody that I have a ton of respect for come out and tell you, 
here is the path that we're going down, and it's not going to be your daddy's NCAA or college sports world. And, and so it was refreshing, but yet very surprising. Pac, I was asked last night uh, by some folks, obviously, who cover the NFL uh, about the, the presidency of the NCAA. And here's my question to you, and the same question. Is Jack Swarbrick the only athletic director that is potentially a candidate to be the president of the NCAA? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. He would be a guy that if he wanted the job, and again, that's the problem. I mean, George Kliakov, who runs the Pac-12, uh, was right. quoted the other day by saying, hey, this is a tough gig. He goes, I'm not sure anybody wants the job. Now, George is a smart guy, too. And when you have a comment like that, and somebody says, who would want the job? I mean, I've heard people say, well, Greg Sankey right now is probably the most powerful man in college sports, and I would agree with that. Uh, you know, he should be a guy. I'm thinking, well, why would he want that job? I mean, why, really, seriously, if you're one of those kind of guys, it, this is why this is such a difficult proposition. What is the NCAA? I mean, it may be totally obsolete as we know it a year from now. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be. It has to figure out its place in the game. And, and for everybody that just jumps on them at all costs, I think the NCAA does a lot of really good things. Unfortunately, the vision to get in front of today's problems, they failed miserably. But as far as like conducting a championship, whether it be the College World, uh, College World Series or the wrestling tournament or March Madness, I think they do a phenomenal job from an event standpoint. So I don't know, Wes. I, I, you know, yeah. I don't know what direction this is going to go. And that's why I mentioned to you the other day, I thought Oliver Luck would be a guy that, number one, has worked with the NCAA before. He's been an AD. He's been a head of a professional organization. He's a bright mind. He's brilliant. Uh, to me, that's a guy that could wear multiple hats and understand somewhat of the structure of the NCAA and also the structure of where we are going. I, to me, he would be a perfect fit, assuming you have any interest in being the president. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, my biggest surprise, if you'd have asked somebody mm, seven weeks ago, how many starters does Carolina have come back next year? Hmm. They might have said two. Might have said two. They thought Leaky Black might come back and play the extra year. And you know what, R.J. Davis, maybe, maybe not. Nobody would have said four. And yet that's what Carolina got back. Uh, Armando Baycott, seemingly a terrific fit in the Carolina system. And coming back for a, a senior year. And then you've got Caleb Love announcing last weekend he's going to run it back. So all of a sudden, Carolina returns four starters, and to me, that's the biggest surprise of the month of April. Um, I, I never saw four coming, and what a great surprise for Tar Heel fans and for Hubert Davis, for sure. I agree with that statement, um, and, I, and I thought about that. In fact, I will address that later in one of our lists here, but <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. Uh, and again, Hubert Davis probably had the best month of anybody I know in college basketball, because he's looking around going, hmm, four starters back. Yeah, I lose Brady Manick. That's a big loss because he's a really good player. Uh, but the way right. they recruit, uh, I, and like I said to you the other day, I'll be very surprised if North Carolina's not number one, number two, or number three in every single yeah. preseason college basketball poll. They're going to be very, very good. All right, best stories of the month. Uh, I went with Carolina's women's lacrosse team. I, I continue to be amazed at the job Jenny Levy's done with that program. And the regular season streak aside, 
Carolina's been challenged in you know four or five different situations this year, and each time they responded. Uh, that sixteen to nothing run the other night against Duke in the regular season capped it for me. Uh, and I don't know what will happen in South Bend. Certainly don't know what will happen uh, as we move into May for the NCAA tournament. I can tell you this, North Carolina is amazing when it comes to women's lacrosse, and she's got a terrific team, and that's why it's my best story. Well, they are really good, and uh, they'll be tested, though, in this ACC tournament, which is going to get cranked mm-hmm. up, as we said, top three teams in the country. Uh, my best story kind of goes back to what you just talked about, and it's not that necessarily that North Carolina's got four of their five starters back in basketball. It's Caleb Love. Because of all the guys, you know, Leaky Black, I didn't think he was going to go. Uh, R.J. Davis, I didn't think he was going to go. Armando Baycott, I was not blown away that he decided to come back because there were a lot of folks believed he was going to be a second-round pick if, at best. So I thought he might come back, but I did not think Caleb Love would. I, I thought he was good to go after just lighting everybody up coming down the stretch. But the fact that he decided to come back, to me, is the best story because that's the one mm-hmm. guy, Wes, of the group – I thought he was long gone. And to me, he's like the piece that really puts North Carolina over the top as far as the 22-23 basketball season goes. At times, he was so dynamic and so spectacular uh, in that amazing run that North Carolina had to the national championship game. Caleb Love gets my nod as the best story of the month. All right. You want to take best game? Uh, Best game kind of ties into all this stuff. I mean, all the hype. Uh, You and I were down in New Orleans. Uh, it was all about Duke. It was all about North Carolina, the best rivalry in college basketball. We had never seen it ever, ever, ever in the NCAA tournament games, ever. The 258th meeting was the biggest and most important, and guess what? They both put on a show. It was a great game. It was a classic. And for North Carolina, they get the last laugh with not only the W, but also telling Mike Krzyzewski, hey, guess what? Enjoy retirement. Enjoy the dog. We're going to go play for a natty. It was a great basketball game, uh, one that will go down all time in the archives of the great 258 they played. It was the best, the most important game, and that's why it, for me, was the best game of the month of April. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I thought it was a terrific environment, biggest stage, as you said, the game they've been played on, and the uh, two longtime rivals really delivered on one another and delivered for the American sporting public as well, so I agree with you there. Uh, biggest disappointment, and I thought about this in, in a couple of reflections, but we had kind of been wondering if there were dead-end numbers in the transfer portal, and what were they? And the biggest disappointment for me is how high the percentages were, Pac, of young people that get into the transfer portal and don't ultimately find a destination point. And I, it's a cautionary tale for sure. But I think that the fact that that number was well over 40% should be a red alert to college athletes and universities and the institutions themselves to say, hey, wait a second, got to be a little bit more responsible and a little more fiscally responsible with our scholarship numbers and these young people. I think the education piece has to be extended. You're going to be in the collegiate game. You have to understand jumping into that transfer portal is no guarantee of a fantasy land around the corner. You're not hurrying off to the next best thing. You're, you're walking off on an education first and foremost because that number of 41% is stark. And it should cause a lot of heartache for people who you know, want to see young people get college degrees because that's not happening right now with this transfer portal. Yeah, those were real numbers. In fact, the NCAA data, I think, for all sports from August of 19 to July of 21 – 
was basically 70% did not find a Mm -hmm. home or any kind of aid uh, moving forward. So that is welcome to reality, right? That's the big number. Um, From a national perspective, I think there's no question, Wes, you'd be spot on. But from an ACC perspective, for me, uh, for the month of April, the biggest disappointment, and this is just a personal one for me, uh, is the potential, potential loss of Pat Kraft leaving Boston College to go to Penn State. Uh, We have really enjoyed our conversations and uh, interactions with Pat Kraft. And uh, again, short period of time, he comes from Temple, Northeast kind of guy, great energy, loves what he does. Uh, I just think he absolutely fills the room in terms of uh, the big picture. And if it turns out that Pat gets the opportunity to go to Penn State and accepts the gig, uh, he'll be missed in the ACC. I can tell you he'll be missed on Packer and Durham. Uh, so, again, from a personal perspective, for me, in the month of April, I uh, wish him the very best if that's what he decides to do. And if he decides to say BC, love it, because I think he's tremendous for the conference. Totally agree with you. Um, challenge will be on uh, Father Leahy and the administration of Boston College, too, because you've had two really, really good athletic directors, Martin Jarman uh, and certainly Pat Kraft, who've done really, really good things in just a couple of years each. Uh, at Chestnut Hill. So that puts a wrap on Notepad uh, for the month of April. But, kids, the fun is far from over because coming up, a Friday tradition continues. Mark Packer's exclusive ACC rowing rankings are next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. I had a delivery yesterday. What's in the box? What's in the box? This comes from the University of North Carolina. I have not looked inside. I just know that I ripped it so I can open it easily. All right. Without a lot of distress. Zero. Oh, well, good. Oh, we, we have a, a hand- note. We have a note. There's a note. Handwritten note. You know, I'm all about the note. Uh, Michael Beal sends this note. Michael Beal. Mike says, uh, Pack uh, spoke with Kevin Best, and he and I would and da, 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 update you a Carolina football helmet for the Packer and Durham set. Feel free to do whatever you want with the old helmet. Thank you, Michael. There it is. Handwritten note. That goes up on our board up here. Uh, hey, by the way, Michael Beal, graduate of. How's oh, that right? Mighty Elon. That's exactly right. All right, so here we go. We got a new we got new hardware for the basement. Oh, this is nice. Yep. Look at this bad boy. Look at that right there. Whoa. Look at that Whoa. Bad boy. Huh? Gotta get that heels thing on there. Gotta get that thing. Yeah, you got it on there. I got the tar heels over it. Wait a minute. We gotta glue it on there right. Get that on the right way now. Oh, what yeah. are you doing? I'll get it right. Is that the raised lettering on the back of that? Yeah, you like wow. that? Look at that. Pretty nice, huh? You got the Old North State on the back? 23. I wonder who that could be. 23. Don McCauley. Don McCauley. So so they told me I can get rid of the old one. Um, We got to do something with the old one. Maybe we can raise some money for the chrome one. Don't get rid of the Geo Bernard chrome one. No, I got that one over there. I got that one on the shelf. But the old one, uh, we should raise some money for charity for the old one. I agree. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I would, say, I would say we should sign it, but I think we'd lose value. Uh, maybe well, we should. Well, I tell you what, 
Let's, let's do this. Let's raise some money for charity with the old helmet they want us to get rid of. Somebody would love that. Okay. It'd be a cool thing for yeah, your base. It's nice. Yeah. And if you want Mark and I to devalue the object by signing yeah, we'll sign it, it, it to you, we will. If you want In it. fact, Pat can write, I hate Carolina, Mark Packer on it. No. My, dad, my daddy <laughs> told me to hate Carolina is what I'm going to write on. <laughs> Billy said, son, don't you ever say anything nice about North Carolina. I'll put that on. <laughs> now, we should, seriously, if they, if they don't mind us getting rid of the old helmet, uh, we should do, we'll come up with some idea over the weekend and uh, maybe okay. be able to raise some money for a, a great charity or something. Something like that. Yeah. Right? That'd be a cool idea. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Give back, give so back, give go. back. Sorry, Brother Fuller. That's it. Yeah. There it is. So All there right. it is. Cool. All right. Are Thank you, ready? you, Michael. Thanks yeah. to uh thanks to everybody in Chapel Hill for the updated uh Carolina blue helmet. Yeah, and by the way, for any other ACC school, if you see the helmets in here and you go, Man, we need to update the basement, just send it to us. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. get you updated. So hey, your our helmet's All outdated. Helmets. I mean, hey, I don't know what you – again, we, we, this is not a uh, Dick Sporting Goods in here, even though you, you'd be surprised if you walked in. Um, but if you go if to you, the back room, you'd really be surprised. Well, like, like, for example, the University of Virginia uh, a year or so ago changed everything, right? And we had the, I had the right. I still had the old Virginia helmet, uh, the old blue one, right? And uh, they're like, oh, no, we got new logos and everything else. And Jim Daves helped us out with all that stuff. And so they literally sent us a new one. So I got I got old Georgia Tech helmet. I got an old Virginia helmet. I now have an old North Carolina helmet. Maybe we just you know do it like a cool uh, yard sale, and all the money goes to a cool charity. Just an idea. Didn't you actually? Didn't you actually apply? I the did stickers to the Virginia helmet. Yeah. Yes, and they said I did a really good yeah. job. I had it at the right angle and everything else. That was a lot of pressure. I got to be honest with you. They sent me a helmet, and I had all the stickers known to man. And so I had to really study it because, you know, like the Clemson paw has got to be the right angle and all that stuff. You just can't slap that thing together and say, oh, there it is. Cool. Go wear it and knock yourself out. Uh, but we've got some old helmets, though, that we should uh, put out. Uh, like, for example, with Mike Elko, we've got all these new coaches, right? And a lot of times yeah. you get new coaches, you get new looks and all that kind of stuff. Jerseys change. So if any of these coaches see their helmet on the show and they go, hey, we got to upgrade the, the Packer and Durham set, do what North Carolina did. Send us something new, man. We'll, we'll, we have no problem with it. Just I got, an idea. How about we take? How about we? Uh, how about we market the? Uh, we market to the schools that we need the updated helmet, and we uh, ask for the unique ones. Like at NC State, wouldn't we like to have that brick-looking deal they wore last year against South Florida? Whatever they want to do. We are, again, yeah. we are nothing more than an extension of every school in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's we it. are. We are. Ho- we hope everybody wins. That's how we roll on this show. That's how yeah. we roll. So there you go. Appreciate right. uh, North Carolina doing it. That's cool. That's a beautiful helmet, by the way. Gorgeous. Heck yeah. All right. Uh, you ready? Uh, okay, folks. Here we go. We've come to that time. Is this our third version of this? At least. Or fourth? At least. I think it's our fourth. Okay. It's our fourth. Okay. This is, and again, this is no- the fourth edition right. of an ACC Network exclusive. That's right. Nobody else in the world has this but this show. And I felt bad that right. the rowing – did not have a ranking, so I decided I will take that upon my duties to come up with the Pac-Man yeah. top 10. Keep in mind, we only got nine teams in the ACC. So I always right. throw a, a floater, something that's hot for the week or whatever, in the top 10, normally in the 10th position. But, Wes, this week we've got something different. Number one it stays number one. I keep telling you. 
If it involves the who's in water, they're number one. Virginia is number one on the top 10 list at number two because we're talking rowing. And seriously, does anybody do a better job of sitting on their rear end and going backwards than Mark Emmert? The answer is no. Nobody does a better job than that guy. <laughs> sitting down and going backwards. Mark Emmert, out of nowhere, announces that he's stepping down by 23 of June. So he moves out of also receiving votes to the number two spot and is closely, closely pursuing the Virginia rowing team. Syracuse coming up a big week. They win the cup. We talked about that in the best and worst of the weekend on Monday's show. They stay at three. Duke at four. Notre Dame's at five. Clemson six. BC falls to seven, even though I am encouraged about getting meals when we go up there in October. But Pat Kraft, I thought he was going to pay for the bill. He might not even be there. Louisville's eight. Miami is nine. North Carolina, despite the cool football helmet, is at this week's number 10 spot. But Mark Emmert replacing provoking Mike Tyson last week or CNN plus moves up to the number two spot in this week's rowing rankings of the ACC. There you have it. I mean, seriously, when you really think about it, does anybody in college sports do a better job of sitting down and going backwards more than that guy? The answer is no, no, no. Nobody. Uh. Nobody. <laughs> All right, let's move along, shall we? <laughs> you, know, you know, you get, you were mad at me last hour. I'm trying to convince you that cornhole is a sport, and now you're upset that I've got Mark Emmert up to number two. What do you think he should be number That's one? What Emmert? No, I'm no. I'm just laughing at the reasoning. He is number two. Yeah. <laughs> sits on his rear end and goes backwards. I mean, that's backwards. I mean. Not quite as good yeah. as Virginia, though. Virginia's number one in rowing. When you get Virginia the who's in the water, good. they're number very one good every it. week yeah. until proven otherwise. Right. All about the who's. Yeah. In fact, I had some folks in Charlottesville when I was earlier this week tip the hat to you for your right. acknowledgement of Virginia's success in rowing. Right. And if you're up, listen, if you're Syracuse or Notre Dame or somebody else, you say, Man, I'm tired of Virginia being number one. I got right. news for you. On Friday, yeah. May 13th, Lake Hartwell, you have a chance to dethrone the Hoots. That's when the rowing yeah. championships take place, as you well know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go around the ACC, shall we? Uh, Florida State opened their two-game uh, series with uh, Oklahoma State with a 2-1 extra inning win on Thursday night. Uh, Daniel Watson, seven innings, five strikeouts, allowed just a run. Uh, the victory extended Florida State's win streak to fourteen um, to six and a historic forty-four and five record to start the season. Their fourth walk-off of the year. They're twelve and two against ranked teams. The series concludes tonight, six o'clock on ESPNU. By the way, paint it pink. Remember Lonnie talking about that yesterday. Yeah. If you're watching your television, you're going, "Man, there's something wrong with my screen. What's up with the colors?" No, it's a paint it pink night. Uh, really, a cool idea. And uh, cool to see Florida State close the deal and win it on extra innings. Nice. Um, Three ACC softball players are on the Shut Sports uh, NFCA National Freshman of the Year finalist list, uh, including Emma Limley of Virginia Tech, uh, Michaela Edenfield of uh, Florida State, and Notre Dame infielder Jane Cronenberger. All three are finalists for the National Freshman of the Year Award in softball. And our congratulations and best wishes to those young ladies. Um, 
as uh, as we move forward to the postseason. But uh, that's the night in softball. And congratulations to Lonnie and her team on a win last night against Oklahoma State. Yeah, two good teams. Really good. Yep. All right. On the other side, we go to South Bend, Indiana. Dana Boyle is on the scene. Quarterfinal Friday at the ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship. And we will talk to Dana next when Packer and Durham continues. Packer and Durham. Full Friday of lacrosse action comes up on ACC Network starting at noon with North Carolina and Pittsburgh. And representing Packer and Durham's interest in South Bend, along with full coverage on the ACC Network, please rep- <laughs> please welcome Dana Boyle to the program. Uh, first of all, let's get an update. How's South Bend? How are we doing there in uh, the Michiana area? You know, it's a little cold, uh, but today is supposed to be in the 60s. Um, I've only been to the Midwest once before, and I got introduced to Culver's, and there's actually a Culver's restaurant right next to the hotel, so that definitely has elevated my stay thus far. All right, so before we get to lacrosse, what's the go-to at Culver's? Uh, The cheese curds. They're like mini mozzarella sticks, and they're amazing. And custard, which I guess... In the north, where I'm from, you call it like an icy or like a frosty, but it's custard here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's great. Let me tell you something. A little cheese curds and custard and about uh, eight hours of women's lacrosse. <laughs> Who's got it better than you, Dana? Seriously. The only, I mean, missing, I know. The only thing missing is a, a fresh bagel from Charlottesville. Other than that, you'd be good to go. There are no bagels. I haven't found a good bagel yet, but... Um, According to some other people that I won't name their names, my standards are low for bagels. I disagree with that, but hey, just had to put that you, out there. I was in the middle of that debate on Monday's show. Drew Carter, as you well know, mm-hmm. uh, came on here and apologized. I don't know if you saw the video or got that, but he, uh, you two it, apparently had a little bet, a little Syracuse-Virginia thing going on. You won the bet, and he came clean right here in the studio, sat right here, looked right in the camera. And said, Dana, if you're watching, did you saw it? Okay. But by the way, did he's going to be in here on Monday again. Uh, you didn't know that the end of the show, he kind of reversed course on that a little bit. Did you know that? Yeah, so I got the full clip. Um, so I know what he said. Okay. Um, so I don't think that he paid the full bet because that wasn't part of the bet. Like you can't admit that photos is really good and then slam it on the back end. Well, I, I brought that up to his attention. We're going to get to the real thing here in a second. But I brought that to his attention. I said, Drew, I don't think that that qualifies. I mean, you can't kind of like, you know, fake left, go right on you either pay off the bet or you don't. So he'll be in here Monday. We may have to bring you back Monday to straighten it out. I'm just saying, because I don't want to get in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, you don't want to get in the middle of it. That's why you brought it up. All right. uh, Let's. I didn't didn't bring it up. (laughs) This got started with cheese curds. And custard, and nothing rolls yeah. right off the tongue bright and early on a Friday morning. And, a little cheese curds and custard, and and nobody said a word about bagels. So here we go, Dana. Let's go to the noon start, Carolina and Pittsburgh. <laughs> By the way, congratulations to Pittsburgh. Right, you win your first ACC tournament game. And now you get, oh, by the way, the most dominant team in women's lacrosse, right? Yeah, I love Pittsburgh, though. I think they've done such a good job. Emily Boissonneau has really elevated that program. I mean, they're in their first year, so at this point, there really isn't any expectations. Like, they're worried about 
building their own culture and, you know, getting that chemistry with their team. But <clears throat> Paulina DeFada, the goalkeeper, she is a stud. And she literally stood on her head during that game on Wednesday versus Louisville. And they have all of the pieces. They just need a little bit more time in the ACC. But they really showed up. Like, they have shaken up the league, and I've been so impressed. But they're ready for the challenge. And, um, you know, who doesn't want to play the number one team in the country? All right, game two is a 4-5 matchup. It's Duke. Mm. It's Notre Dame. They did see each other earlier this year in South Bend. Duke won the game. Uh, this one just kind of feels on the surface, Dana, like this is like the flip a coin game, right? It's Duke-Notre Dame. Yeah, and that game was snowing. I think there was like 40-mile-per-hour winds. The weather was terrible. Um, but Duke, they got a rebound because they did not play great against North Carolina in their last regular season game. I also spoke to Coach Kimmel yesterday, and their kids are in exams. So they are truly embodying what it means to be a student athlete. They're in exams. They're playing for an ACC championship, but they got a rebound. I think this is a really big game for Duke. They're playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament, and Notre Dame is playing to stay alive because they have to be 500 in order to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. So they're literally playing for their lives in this game. So this is a big game for Notre Dame. Dana, I want to I want to kind of do a little compare here. Uh, the situation with Notre Dame, the situation with Virginia. We had Julie on the show yesterday, and she was terrific. But Virginia knows exactly what the scenario is. You, it's a have to win thing. Is Duke in a or Notre Dame in a uh, a have to win against Duke? Yes, absolutely. I mean, at this point, you know, you're playing to survive for the postseason in May, but. You know, Duke is playing for seeding, so it's a little bit different. It means something to Duke, obviously. You don't want to lose um, in the quarterfinals of the uh, ACC championship. But for Notre Dame, like, they are playing for their lives. Like, they have to win this game. There's no question. And if they do win, then where does that fall when the selection show happens? You can't let all nine ACC teams in the NCAA if they're eligible. I mean, I wish. That would be great. But realistically, I think, you know, they're only going to let four or five teams in. So, at this point, everyone's fighting for the same goal. So it makes the stakes pretty high. And I think the competition is going to be insane um, today. We've got four games. It's going to be incredible. Lots of physicality, lots of skill. I mean, I wouldn't want to spend my Friday anywhere else. Uh, that's why you're in <laughs> South Bend. And you're even being paid to be there, which is even better. Uh, the third game <laughs> starts at 5 o'clock. It's Boston College and Virginia Tech. Uh, we all know about Charlotte North. We know about how talented this BC team is. But there's a chip on the shoulder of a team that's the defending national championship who won it last year. They've never won the ACC. And, and you get a sense that this is a real goal for a team that's had unbelievable success. You're absolutely right. That is the goal. Like, that is the goal. When you talk to Acacia, she says, we want to win an ACC championship We've never been good enough to win an ACC championship. The school has never won. The program has never won one in women's lacrosse. So that's their goal. And I spoke to Acacia yesterday, and it was a, a great strategy that she had. She said, we used that last regular season game against Syracuse. Like, that counted towards our ACC tournament schedule. And so we're 1-0 right now, and we have to survive. But it's the mentality that I think the entire team has. You know, it is Charlotte North. She's incredible. But they also have players like Belle Smith and Jen Medjid. Like, everybody is connecting, and it's really fun to watch. And as much as we love talking about Charlotte, she loves celebrating her other teammates, which I think when you can take it out of the individual and put it into the team, to me, that's how you really make a run far in the postseason. All right, Dana, but here's the thing, and I guess this is, you know, when you watch athletes, or in your case, you were one, and it, it, you get to a point where I think you have to almost find that next level for somebody like Charlotte North. 
the competitive drive to lead apparently is playing a huge factor in her success this year. Not only does she want to do it again, and she can have singular success, which she certainly has mm-hmm. had, but she wants to lead this team again, it feels like. Yes, I have had the pleasure of being on the sidelines for a lot of the games that I've called this season, which is awesome because you get to see the emotion. And I watch her when someone else scores like a Jen Medjid, she's probably more excited than the teammate who scores. And I think that is so important. That is like a coach's dream when you have somebody who's celebrating another player's success. To me, like that is the recipe for success in the postseason, like you have to be able to celebrate your other teammates. And so, you know, she's so focused on being the best athlete, but I do believe that she's focused on being the best teammate. And that is just an incredible thing to have. Uh, the final game, which will be tonight at seven 30 is Virginia. Wahoo. Wah. You get the pom poms out. I know it's, it's still in the DNA. <laughs> I, I, I know how we roll there. Uh, and you got number uh, three Syracuse, the number three <clears throat> national team, they're number three seated in the tournament as well. We know about the pressure on Virginia, but there's also a pressure on Syracuse here, too. And this is the one school that I always think of, no disrespect to anybody else, where lacrosse is a big deal. I mean, it's it's something people discuss 24-7, 365, whether it be the men's side or the women's side. But, Dana, how again, you've been part of this. That incredible streak for Virginia to be in the NCAA tournament, it truly comes down to this is a must-win for the Hoos. Yes. First of all, did you drink the Syracuse Kool-Aid like Drew Carter and Jay Alter and Anish? Because you're sounding like you're an orange, and I don't, I don't know if I can well, be friends with you. I, well, I will say wow. this. I mean, well, you're wow. gonna have to be. Wait, wait, no, wait a minute now. Wait, a minute. you, you gotta be friends with me. I mean, I'm the one that's I trying to, kidding. I'm trying to put everybody together. And if you keep this up, I'm, you may, re- you may reach that top ten in the rowing. You, you, you keep pulling that stuff, Dana. You, you know, we'll, we'll put an end to this. I'm just trying to get a mug. Oh, well, you can forget the mug. The mug is long gone at the pace you're going. Come on. You got to be kidding. Listen, I got I got Drew Carter on Monday, and I think I got a niche in here on, on Tuesday. So if if you think I'm pro Syracuse, you're in for deep trouble Monday and Tuesday. Let's tell you that right now. I'm not now. coming on the show Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> all, right, so, all right, so but seriously, the importance of making the tournament. For Virginia, this really is a big deal. Big deal. Yes. Yes. I mean, Julie talks about it all the time. I mean, I played for Julie. She's a great person, a great coach, a great mentor. Um, but she's always been to the NCAA postseason. So this matters. This matters a lot. Um, I do think when you look at Syracuse and Virginia on paper, they look very similar. And it's because they've been plagued with a good amount of injuries. But it the team that can win in that 7.30 slot, they're going to have to persevere through those injuries. I don't think a lot of people expected Emma Tyrell to be out. I don't think people expected Besser Dyson to be out. I think it's just, you know, injuries are hard and how you weather that storm is important. But, you know, it's important for Virginia to come out and, and play a really good game. Um, historically, they've those teams have been really close when they've played. Um, you know, we gave Syracuse a handful of loss when I was a player. They gave us some losses. So it'll be a competitive game. But I think whoever can sort of control the tempo and really minimize the mistakes in that 730 slot, the quarterfinal, they will win. All right, Dana, here's the question, though, and, and I'm going to go bigger picture. Given her first year, given the standard and expectation that Packer talked about, feels like Kayla's done a fantastic job coaching at Syracuse this year. Yes, I think she had some haters, not in the lacrosse world, but maybe outside that said, oh, she's too young to be a head coach. I mean, she's done an incredible job. They have had injuries 
she had she's persevered through that and she sort of made the program it's fun to watch it morph into what Kayla Trainer wants it to be as a head coach she's really positive you know she has that relationship with the players and she's also still an elite player herself like she's one of the best players I think to ever come through women's college lacrosse so she knows what she's doing she's great at X's and O's I've watched her break down some plays and you know she's doing a phenomenal job and it's so difficult to be in the ACC especially a first-time head coach in the ACC so I give her a lot of credit for what she's been able to do in her Mm -hmm. first season uh, by the way, we had Julie on yesterday. Packer has, uh, you know, asked coaches a lot about their walk-up music. If I told you that Julie's walk-up music was Justin Bieber, would you be surprised? I watched it yesterday, and I was surprised when she said that. Um, but she surprises me with a lot of things. I wouldn't, I, she has younger kids. So I think that that helps her street cred. Uh, but Justin Bieber's good. I respect that. Okay. All right. The bagel conversation will be st- shelved for later, but apparently the, could Jordan, be Justin Bieber's okay. I don't know if we could be friends with that answer right there. I think, I think, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to have some absences. I'm going to have some absences on the calendar here in the next uh, month or so, Dana. I feel like you are due a a setup in the basement with Packer one day. Yeah, okay. I feel like. Yeah, come on, more the merrier. If you need come to on. use the uh, Western Suite, you have the whole you have the whole floor to yourself. We'll with take care bagels. of your home cooked yeah. meals with bagels. This is yeah. a, a, hey, Dana. Here's the deal. This we got the coolest setup for any ESPN show. Any, That's I don't it. care. Any. I don't, my friend Jimmy can come to and whatever he wants. Jimmy, nobody, yeah, nobody has a better setup than ACC Network. Why? Number one, we have a studio in my basement. Number two, anybody that's got to come to town, we spend no money at ESPN on hotel expense or per diem because we have the whole suite. You have a whole floor, and Mrs. P gives you a home-cooked meal. Can't beat it. There you go. I'm down. And I also heard the conversation about the helmets, and if you need a place to send the old helmets, I will take them. Oh, okay. Well, we'll work, we'll work that out in your new negotiation, your new NIL deal. <laughs> Dana Boyle, part of our coverage at noon. Thank you, Dana. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. See ya. You bet. Don't forget, Dana's part of all ACC in South Bend as well. Our coverage coincides with the Women's Lacrosse Championship uh, at noon today with North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, that all ACC team pre and post game shows, highlights, interviews, players, coaches, and more. Two o'clock Eastern time after the first game today from South Bend. In case you missed our visit with Drew Hackenberg, he was fun too yesterday. Oh, yeah. You'll see that next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Wes, we had fun yesterday with Drew Hackenberg. Yeah, we sure did. The rookie pitcher from Virginia Tech was with us, and we just started off by simply asking, hey, you guys are playing really well right now. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You got to go down the whole lineup. Like, everybody's batting 300-plus, which is still – which is really good in ACC. And, you know, you just – it really helps me from a pitching perspective because I know those guys are going to go out and they're, they're always going to do their job for the most part. So it's just crazy, you know, insane. Drew, in in the confidence level being one thing, you're still making the transition as a talented high school player to getting into the college game here. What's this been like? I mean, 
the transition sometimes can be pretty curious, especially in college baseball. Uh, I mean, it's definitely like a little tougher than what I would was expecting. Obviously, like college ball transitioning to the next level is always and can be a hard step for any athlete. But you know, just you know, having the guys I have and having the team I have and being able to work with them and go against them, I mean, it's really that's what's really helped me to to success that I'm having right now. Obviously, like our lineup, like facing that lineup in the fall and the spring a little bit before we get into it was was a mm -hmm. tremendous help, a tremendous help. By the way, you know, every time we see Virginia Tech highlights, we see dudes going yard, and all of a sudden we get the hammer and you got the celebration of the dugout. <laughs> we going to do anything for pitchers, or is it just all about dudes going yard? <laughs> it, was, it was a debate at one time whether what we were going to do. It was going to involve the hammer, I think, at some point. But, I mean, I guess guys just kind of take their own thing into account. Jeff does his little, he, like, flicks away. Like, it's just like, and he's like, it's just bring your own energy, have your own, like, celebration, I guess, at that point. But we did talk about it. We did talk about doing something like that. That's kind of what it is, though, right, Drew? I mean, it's that's the camaraderie of baseball. You know, kind of agree on whatever the concept's going to be for certain guys, and other guys are like, yeah, I'll, I'll play along, but I got my own thing, too. And, and really, the season's long enough that you can kind of survive the highs and lows a little bit as long as you stay connected, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we knew we, we didn't start off to the – we didn't have our best start, I mean, obviously, with the three – with a sweep against Georgia Tech. But, you know, we didn't – we didn't take that – we didn't take that to heart too much. We knew it was just the beginning, and we knew we just had to move on from that, and we now look at us. So, you know, like, you know, we don't care about what people say. Like, we just kind of go about every day and just know we got to play to the best of our potential. And then so, I mean, just turned out to be like this. So, pretty exciting. Drew, I thought that, uh, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, because if I am, I'll apologize, but it seemed like the series with Miami was a little bit more of a big deal than just your typical, hey, we got another ACC weekend coming up. Mm. Uh, the Canes have been playing great baseball. So have you guys. And it just seemed like that was like, hey, let's just kind of see where we are. And you guys go ahead and take care of the series. And I know every series is important to count the same, et cetera. But was there a little bit more juice for that series a couple of weeks ago? Oh, a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. Like it was just every, like the stands were packed. We brought back what coach chef wanted to, which was to pack the stands. And, uh, you know, just, it was insane. That was the biggest crowd I ever pitched in front of. And there was definitely a different energy that weekend than any other weekend we've played so far here in a while too. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot more juice and, you know, excitement from the players as well. I think there'll probably be a few people interested in this weekend series, Ooh, don't you think? I mean, there'll be a handful of folks, at least, maybe a couple handfuls that want to want to see the Hokies and Cavaliers, don't you think, Drew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, I was thinking <laughs> about that. We had Miami. I mean, I was like, yeah, we're about to have X amount more than Miami. So it's like, it's kind of crazy. But at the same time, it's like very fun. It's fun going back, like going back to – my stomping grounds, I guess you could say, and just, you know, being able to throw in front of that crowd. It, it's going to be a very exciting weekend, that's for sure. Very exciting. Mm. You know, years ago, uh, I used to do this uh, camp tour thing on SiriusXM, and we went to Penn State, and we're talking to James Franklin and all that stuff, and uh, I said, we're going to get a chance to talk to your quarterback? He said, Hackenberg? I said, yeah, Hackenberg. He goes, yeah, we'll let you talk to Hackenberg. How's he doing, by the way? He's doing uh, – He's doing really well, you know. He's, I mean, 
obviously football didn't work out the way he wanted to, but I mean, he was, yeah, to my brother, he was, he was amazing. I love him so much. And, you know, he's just, he's going to be here this weekend, which excites me, but you know, it's going to be fun. He's having fun. Living how life. competitive, how competitive was that uh, family, by the way? Just, I, I got to figure you guys were, yeah, I mean, it did, yeah. it did matter if you were running in the mailbox or whatever you guys, I guarantee competition was running amok in your family. <laughs> yeah, we were always we were always out doing something, messing around out in the backyard or just playing football. I, I was usually the one that ended up getting hurt, so I had to start <laughs> learning to <laughs> I had to start learning to kind of get away from all of them and just not not get hurt. And it was just it, it was difficult too because they're all pretty good athletes themselves. Again, I always get a kick out of baseball guys because there's always some chirping going on left and right. Do you get a sense for this series coming up? There's a respect factor and everybody's on their best P's and Q's or is, it, or is this a talkative series when Virginia and Virginia Tech get together in baseball? Um, I, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be chirping. There's always chirping everywhere. I mean, from our fans that we know from our fans, they can be, they can just wear you down from as an opposing team. But, you know, <laughs> especially with how many fans are going to be there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of support. Right. For obviously from being from the area, but I'm, I'm expecting definitely a couple of chirps here and there, but at the same time, I, I don't pay attention to that much. Big series, man. Really enjoyed him. He was great. Really good. Uh, look forward to having him back. And the Hokies and Wahoos this weekend should be sensational baseball. Uh, we'll talk with Mike Rooney in hour number three and recap a productive night for some ACC stars in the NFL. We'll do that more when Packer and Durham continues in a moment. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.